You are Locked On ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Thursday's episode of Locked on ACC. AJ Black joining me from Locked on Boston College. We have a great show for you today. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked on sent you. Now, today's show, all week, we have been giving our guest hosts the opportunity to switch up a little bit, talk about other teams that they don't normally get to cover. And today, we're talking all things Carolina in Virginia so AJ coming to the stage talking with me about these two teams are you ready I think I am I I feel like I get more pressure on this one than any other host because I know you're the former uh, North Carolina host and you know all about them so if I screw up I'm I'm in deep trouble (laughs) oh listen that's even it's even better because I think that people try and think okay this is just going to sell Carolina but I'm really the hardest I think on Carolina's team talking about what they can bring and what they you know need to work on so trust me anything you're dumping on I'm probably gonna be 10 times harder so no no worries no fears (laughs) (laughs) I'm, I'm ready Let's do it, Candace. (laughs) Cool. So coming to the stage first, let's talk Virginia, the 2019 uh, Coastal Division champs, right? They were a team that was looking to have a really good season in 2020, hitting everybody, which is trying to figure out which way was up. And I was unfortunately having to deal with another year of Virginia beating Carolina in a game that Carolina clearly should have won, but that's always another story for another day. But this Virginia team has definitely made some, got, got some headaches with them. They have definitely caused a stir because nobody knows what's going to happen to the Coastal, if we're being honest. But how do you feel about Virginia looking at them from a landscape of their 2020 season? So, you know, you look at what Virginia did last year, and they were so just like every other team in the country. They had like, other than like Alabama, they had their ups and downs. So you look at their schedule, they started off strong. They even played Clemson pretty well. Mm-hmm. And then, they, you know, they go through a little losing streak there. They lose four games in a row. Then they beat North Carolina, which still I'm still, as you just said, stunned about. <laughs> um, and then, you know, they get Abilene Christian. Then, you know, they they get Boston College. They beat them handily but because BC didn't have Phil Dracovic for that game. Also, their defense couldn't stop anything. And uh, But then it ends with a, you know, with a whimper losing to a Virginia Tech team that was just terrible and was like at that point completely deflated. You thought Justin Puente was going to get fired. So there's that big Commonwealth Cup game. And they end on that note, which kind of, you know, I thought that Virginia was going to end up building some momentum going into 2021, but losing like that to Virginia Tech, your arch rival, your in-state rival, that really kind of, you know, leaves you wanting you know really upset about how Bronco Mendenhall ended that season for uh for the Cavaliers absolutely and I would love to know your thoughts we talked about Virginia Tech yesterday and we said they're kind of the middle of the road team and I'm thinking that Virginia win might have kept Puente's job because we said he's his seat's a little warm coming into the season but I'm thinking you know listen beating Virginia is always going to give you a few extra days in the office yeah and you know Virginia Tech just had that huge uh, fundraising uh, venture that they're going to have where they're going to put much more money into their program for assistant coaches. You know, they're, they were near the bottom in terms of how they were paying their assistants. They're going to get up there. So 
I, I don't know if Fuente will be there to reap the benefits of that new program they're going to have, but um, yeah, beating Virginia and really kind of ruining the end of their season uh, definitely probably saved Fuente's job because I mean, there were some of those games. I forget which one it was that he lost in overtime on that awful call that he made uh, that completely blew that game. And, um, you know, I, I, I know a lot of Virginia Tech fans were and writers were stunned that he was he was asked to come back for 2021. Listen, it's always interesting how it goes behind the scenes when it comes to some front office decisions. Yeah. You know, and I think we switched gears and talked about Carolina, but you talk about momentum. Carolina had all the momentum going into that Orange Bowl, wasn't able to capitalize against te- Texas A&M, but it, I think it really wrote the ticket for Javante Williams in that last game of the season with Miami and a season that, you know, surprisingly, Carolina did a lot better than I, I well, let me talk. When walked on Tar Heels, I said Carolina was going to go undefeated because I thought 2020 was crazy enough. Why not just throw something on the yep. wall and see if it stuck? And then you drop games like Florida State and Virginia, and I'm thinking, okay, we're, we want to be on that elevated level, but we're still not there yet. Yeah, I, I, when I when I did some research, I, I, I looked at, I was like, you know, going into the season, you hear all this buzz about UNC, right? And like, there's the talk about Sam Howell for the Heisman. And, you know, I'm always thinking like, oh, this team is going to be a top 10 team, they could be the team to dethrone Clemson. And I'm looking back, I'm like, their, their 2020 season must have been awesome. Because I didn't remember exactly. And then I'm like, how did they lose to Florida State? And it was like, right in the midst of when the Seminoles were just imploding on themselves. And they lost 38, 20, 20, uh, 31-28 in that game. And then you lose to Virginia. And that that kind of was like, oh. But then you pummel Miami in a game that, you know, is like probably one of the biggest games of the season because obviously you, you're, you're battling for the Coastal and they just mop the floor. So, you know, I think, you know, what you, – you look at what UNC was a couple of years ago when they were, you know, in the bottom of the Coastal Division. They were not – anywhere near you know competitive in just one or two years Mac Brown has really just turned that program on its head he brought in a quarterback that you know from an outsider's perspective from a team from someone who doesn't even cover reminds me a ton of Baker Mayfield um, in a good way you know what I mean like the way he plays the way he runs that offense and I could just see what based off you see flashes of what he can do I, I watched him torch Boston College I watched what he can do um, and I thought that this this season was just excellent for for North Carolina. And you know, you see the recruiting. There were sixteen. I think there were the, they had like the top fifteen re, uh, recruiting class in twenty twenty one. They're building something there, and I think it's going to be something special. Absolutely, I think it was a beautiful mix of Mac Brown coming at a time where he, you know, was on his, this is his last stop. I, I think this is where Mac Brown goes to retire. He just wanted to come in, help some guys out, do what he can, leave, clean up that image that was really kind of tarnished down there towards the last years of Texas. So I think it was a perfect marriage of a team that was looking for someone to help build the brand, get it back on a positive track instead of having, you know, oh, we're selling our sneakers and we're doing everything but playing good football. And it just, it worked. And so now you have the dominance of the name of Mac Brown. Now you have that, you know, brand, your chest is out a little bit more and you want, you want some good games, but then you look again, like I, like you were mentioning some of the key losses, the 
lost to Notre Dame, I think was the one for me that I said, okay, we're not quite <laughs> what we want to be. And looking at Notre Dame get spanked by Clemson, you're like, okay, <laughs> right? No. There's, there's a measuring stick of where we're trying to get to. And there's a lot of expectations going into this season. And we're going to talk a little bit about 2021 among both of them. And again, that coastal conversation where we know everything could get crazy. But first, I want to remind you guys that rockauto.com is a family business serving auto park customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. The catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your car or vehicle. Choose the brand specifications and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in there. How did you hear about us box so they know we sent you? So I'm here talking to AJ Black, host of Locked On Boston College, and he gets to switch things up this week and talk about Carolina and Virginia, two teams that have sat close to the top of the coastal these past few seasons. Last year, there was no divisional, you know, matchups in terms of just breaking those down, but it was all things Carolina. Everybody loved Carolina until until you realized that Notre Dame just decided, hey, we're going to come <laughs> and be the ACC for you know a year, see how that goes. And then they get smacked by Clemson in the championship game, which I wasn't sad about one bit. <laughs> I, I felt no ways. But looking at the 2021 season, it pretty much is back to all things normal. Got fans back in the stands, don't have to deal with those issues. And I still think it's anybody's game when it comes to the coast division how about you aj yeah i mean you look at the coastal it's wide open and yeah. you you have miami there and Derek king and i know his season ended not the way that he planned on you know he had that huge knee injury and you have to wonder i you know is he going to be 100 percent when the season starts of course they're going to say he is but injuries linger and you know he's a dynamic player and he's a game changer but you know we, I still haven't seen the U return yet. And mm-hmm. um, I think he's a guy that could do that, but I uh, haven't seen that yet. You have, you know, UVA and UNC. I, I, I mean, I'm still saying if I was a betting man, I'd put money heavy on, on UNC to win um, this, this, conf- this division. Uh, they're just, they're just so talented and, you know, quarterbacks make and break teams. And as I said, Sam Howell, it, he's got to be, I would put him in my top two or three for the Heisman candidacy. Mm-hmm. Um, I love what he does. I think he's just dynamic. He could take over a game. He can win games late. Um, and just another year under him. I know he lost Miami Brown and Daz Newsome and at both of his running backs, but the way that Mac Brown is building that program, it's not like they're rebuilding, they're reloading every year. You're bringing in, you know, I thought I saw like 13 or 14 four-star recruits and a five-star. So you're bringing in just tons and tons of talent. I think UNC, you know, you know, it could be a, it could be a, a mashup near the top, but man, if, if the dominoes fall for, for the, for the Tower Heels, they're going to definitely be the heavy favorite to win in the, in the coastal. Absolutely. And I think the 
piece that everyone is missing about Carolina coming back is the defense has gotten so much better and they don't, the offense doesn't have to rely on, okay, we're going to have to do everything for the team. Yep. They're trying to get to a place where they have a special team. It has not been in anybody's conversation about, you, nobody talks about Carolina special teams because it's not that great. We know that, but defensively right. they've brought in some key four and five star recruits. And then if you look on at Virginia's side, having two grad transfers in defensive back, Anthony Johnson, and then yep. a tight end, Jelani Woods, I think those are two key assets for them. And I put Virginia, I always put Virginia Tech in the conversation because I, you know, I go back to my college days and Beamer Ball and just what they represent. You can never just count them out. And Miami, right. I agree. I, I definitely have that last year Miami-Carolina game in my head, but I know that Miami is going to have a bad taste in their mouth going into next season and they want to get back the you the you know it's the you back all that kind of stuff they want to be able to confirm that sighting so I certainly agree there now when it comes to schedule Virginia is definitely having one that I think it's a little bit stronger in terms of game easily easily winnable games hosting William and Mary Illinois Wake Forest Duke Georgia Tech Notre Dame and Virginia Tech and then having to go to Carolina Miami Louisville and BYU and Pitt so I think they're going to have a little bit more of a, I think they're going to have a good shot at having a strong campaign, but Carolina's schedule for 2021 hell, they might, I, I'm, again, I always go say undefeated, but I'm crazy. So don't believe me, <laughs> but they, they have a lot. If you look at who they have to play, it's really Carolina going to get, is the, are they going to get in their own way? Right. Yeah. And I wanted to go back to something you brought up, Candace. You know, yeah. you, you mentioned UNC's defense winning games. I happen to remember a game in 2020 where a team was playing UNC and they were at the goal line to take the lead in the fourth quarter and a quarterback threw an interception to UNC and UNC ended up clinching the game there. I forget who that. Oh, right. They beat Boston College doing that. <laughs> so Sam Howell, did, Sam Howell did a nice job against BC, but it was that defense that cinched yeah. clinched it for them. So I, I, I was thinking that when you're bringing that, I'm like, yeah, their defense definitely kicked it up against BC. So um, yeah, you know, there, there's always the possibility with UNC going undefeated and, um, you know, given the schedule, what they have to play, you know, it, you know, as, as, as someone who covers an Atlantic team, it's always, you always see it as like, you, you have the tougher schedule. You have to play Clemson every year. You have to play Florida state and then you get, you know, Virginia, which is good, but you also get Duke, you get uh, Georgia tech who are both kind of, you know, treading water right now. And, and some other teams, I, I like what UNC has on their schedule. I think there's a possibility in, you know, I, I'm already, I already got the ACC championship circled um, mm -hmm. for, for UNC and Clemson. I, I'm, I'm dying to see what that game would look like. That's very interesting you say that because I said Carolina's first game playing Virginia Tech first, that's where we're going to see who's really about this coastal division life, right? Virginia Tech and Carolina both know that this is going to set the tone for how the season is going to go because either you're going to have the narrative of, oh, we have to bounce back, we have to regroup, we have to remember who we are, blah, blah, blah. Or you have the, yeah, we're here. We, we mean this this time. Because beating Virginia Tech last year for Carolina was certainly something like we finally got over that hokey hump. But now, okay, can you do it repeatedly? Can you do it consistently? Can you show that you're on a different track? But I agree with you. Playing in the Atlantic Division is a different beast. <laughs> and knowing mm -hmm. that you have to play that Clemson hurdle and knowing that like they are in between you getting to even to a championship has to be so just whoo, that's a different level of coaching where you have to coach the guys up. You're like, yeah, you can you can take down, you know, Goliath. No problem at all. Yeah, I was always hoping too that 
Um, I had my fingers crossed when 2020 was over that they were going to stay with the just keeping the uh, just getting rid of the conference uh, divisions in general, just keeping it as one. I liked I liked what they did because then, Mm -hmm. you know, BC got to play like Duke and Georgia Tech. You got like you got more opponents in and and you didn't get stuck with the same, you know, you know, each team wouldn't have to play Clemson every year. You get to kind of rotate it around and get the two best teams in the the championship game. But I I knew that was going to go back to Atlantic and Coastal. So. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) But I I still think like Florida state is definitely not the Florida state of old. So there are opportunities there. And I have said multiple times on multiple shows this week, how I think Boston college is the sleeper team in the Atlantic because of how good I truly believe that defense is going to be and the kind of coach that they have now, right? Coach Halfley is someone Mm -hmm. who has the talent. He has the resources. He has the means and like, listen, I've coached with greatness. So I understand what it takes and like, okay, when I'm sitting in the living room, that's a different conversation. That's a Mac Brown level conversation when you can yep. at least say I've coached at a certain level and brought players to where, you know, ultimately they all want to go to the NFL. So I certainly agree that it's anybody's game on the coastal side, but Atlantic, you know, Clips is going to got to go down one day. Yep. <laughs> and they're always, everyone's beatable on any given day. And Trevor Lawrence not being there as much as they talk about DJ, I think it's going to be a shift. So who knows? There's a lot, a lot in the conversation. Now, if you're thinking about whether or not to bet on the Atlantic or Coastal Division and you're really getting excited for ACC football this fall, I encourage you guys to download Bet Online. You can also hit up betonline.ag. Has tons of latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including the pros, right? MLB, NBA, NHL, and all of your UFC and MMA action before you get to go in, right? Make sure you've got your laptop or mobile device handy. Download the app. You can use the desktop to get those bets in every single day. Check out the sign-up bonuses and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines. You got to get in on the action. Make sure you hit up Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Now, as we wrap up today's show, we're doing predictions, right? So I just would love to know where you see Carolina, definitely going to be in the AC championship game, but Virginia, where do you see them landing? So I, I was impressed last year with Brennan Armstrong and mm-hmm. I, you know, going into the game against Boston college um, when I got to really kind of watch what he can do, I, I didn't really think he was going to be that electric. And he, he showed me, um, it, you know, I, I'm a, I'm a big quarterback guy and he, he teams go as far as a quarterback can, can take them. Sometimes Armstrong is a guy that I feel with Bronco Mendenhall's defense behind him and, you know, they're, they're continuing to improve. And I think Mendenhall's an excellent defensive coach. Um, I like where they're going now. They went five and five last year. Um, is Armstrong better than, you know, now it's a 12 game series season. Is it, is he going to be better than six and six? That's tough to say. Um, but I, I could see them going six and six and getting to a bowl game. And I, you know, at this point, I don't know if that would make UVA fans happy you know, getting into a bowl game, getting themselves to that point, you know, it, you know, six and six with a win over Virginia tech, I think would be a nice, nice way to go for that season. Went beat Virginia tech, get to a bowl game, win that you go seven and six with the win over your rival. You win the Commonwealth cup again. I feel like that's good momentum heading into another season and, and continuing to build a program that has had a couple good seasons now in a row. You know, it's interesting. You talk about quarterbacks, right? And I know we've um, mentioned Sam Howell and his, abilities and how he might be in the Heisman hunt and how much I, I think that, you know, playmakers make 
things happen, right? As much as you want a good quarterback who can throw, right? You have to have somebody who can catch because Butterfingers ain't going to do nothing for you. I also believe that guys in the trenches have to do their damn job. If I I have no holes, (laughs) my running back is not going to do much. I Mm -hmm. think it's a little more difficult at the collegiate level because you're always having to teach younger, and to me, you know, you're teaching babies how to be like grown men and tense and like try to do it at the next level. I would love to know though, for you, do you think that, it's essential to have a strong receiving core because I think, you know, next season, Sam Howell is going to have, you know, decent level receivers, right? He's going to have decent tight ends. He's going to have a decent offensive line because that's what Carolina is just known for. Is it essential for him to have superstars or can he make it work with what he has? I mean, he can make it work with what he has. Um, You want playmakers, right? You know, you, you, every, every good quarterback has guys around him. You know what I mean? Like you Mm -hmm. look at, you know, you, when you had uh, Baker Mayfield at Oklahoma, he had a, some killer uh, wide receivers with him last year. Obviously, Mac Jones had, you know, some of the best, right. e- even Kyle Trask. He had, you know, Kyle Pitts and, you know, um, uh, totally blanking on the, the run, running back or wide receivers name. But, you know, he had he had guys around him, too. Mm-hmm. I, I You got to have some players now with a talent like. um Sam Howell you you don't need to have like electric players you don't need to have like those you know Devonta Jones uh, Devonta Smith with him you just need to have good ones and players that can catch the ball as you said like you don't want Butterfingers out there dropping you know big third down passes every time he goes back but I you know I I I think as a as a talent evaluator Mac Mac Brown is just there. He does what he needs to do and he's going to get those guys in and you're going to find out that there's going to be, you know, the next Diami Brown there, you know, the, um, the next, you know, Daz Newsome that's going to be your next big wide receiver. And I think that's, what's going to happen is, you know, maybe they're not going to be the, you know, all ACC caliber, but they're going to be solid and they're going to have a guy that can get them the ball and and bring them in and i think that's all you need at that point so it's not like you need electric but you just need guys that are not going to kill your team this is very true and you know joffrey brown is diami brown's little brother apparently faster than diami so we're hoping Mm -hmm. that speed is going to disconnect and all of that good stuff and then we do have weapons but it's just all the hype of last season to me and of course it was a different stage because there was more attention to me around carolina's team and program because there wasn't I don't think there was there were superstars obviously at the Alabama level and everybody else but then when you look at the ACC it was kind of like okay who we got (laughs) Trevor Lawrence we already know like okay gosh you know right but then it's like okay there's some actual studs at these other programs so I definitely think and agree with what you said there but wrapping up again the fact that Virginia is going to do all right going to have a decent season Carolina is going to win the coastal I'm totally fine with that take as well (laughs) I think they're going to have to have an amazing defense to front uh, to take on a Clemson type team but who knows I'm, I'm very confident in that and so I appreciate that football insight but you know I couldn't get you out of here because all week I said last week I talked about transfer portal and I'm just getting initial thoughts AJ so I would love to just know your reaction to the transfer portal in general just I, I mean you look at what's happened this year in terms of basketball and football it's insane and it's totally changing the landscape of college sports and I am, I am so athlete centric. Like, I don't really care what the coaches say. Like the coaches, you hear all, some of them out there, this is ruining sports and blah, blah, blah. These kids they're you know, they, they, they get left in the dust when coaches go and, you know, find another job. So I have no, I don't, I don't really care what the coaches think. I think I look at what the, the, what the, 
the best interest of the players. So you have kids that are not going to play somewhere. Why should they have to sit out? Mm-hmm. They should go be able to go play, you know, like if a kid at BC is, is going to be, you know, a third string linebacker and never play in a senior year, he should be able to go to Rutgers or UMass or whatever and be able to play right away. I, I am I'm all on board with that. The piece that worries me mm-hmm. is the piece that hasn't really, really, uh, you, you hear about it and you hear rumblings, but it's the piece of tampering that I think people are going to start talking about more. You hear the rumblings of like, oh, this player knows that if he goes to Alabama, he's going to play right away. Or, you know, Bam- Alabama's poaching, you know, you know they, they grabbed two five-star recruits, one from Ohio State and one from Tennessee this week. And I don't want to see like a powerhouse school just pillaging every good program out there to get the best players. And I, I worry that's what's going to happen is that Alabama is just going to continue just to grab whatever they want yeah. and, and, and just continue to get better. Um, but, you know, that's, I think you're going to, you know, in the end, they're going to be the powerhouse school, no matter what, you know, Boston college can do that if they want to, or UNC can do that, or, or, or Virginia can do that to a school that's lesser than them too. Like if they can go to a Mac program and say, Hey, running back at Buffalo, you know, we have a spot here. You can be an ACC running back come here. So I, I, you know, in the end, it may end up that it's just kind of the same way as recruiting where it just kind of trickles down a little bit, but it's definitely going to change, I think, the outlook of where college sports are, are heading and how we view roster management. And, you know, different teams are viewing it different ways. And I'm just, you know, with the teams that you cover, you want to see how they're going to how they're going to kind of manage that portal situation. No, absolutely. And I love the part that you brought about it being player driven and player heavy. And uh, listen, I'm just focused on what are you going to do if there's no home? Like, where, do you, where are you going to go? Like, where are you, where are you going to excel and be great? And also the component of poaching, like that sounds nice. And if Alabama sounds like they're going to bring you right until you get there and you're with 10 other five-star recruits and you realize that, you know, it was all nice and good on the couch, but you know, it's not panning out to what you thought it would be and how many, how are they going to try to configure, you know, this transfer portal for the future? So of course you, you jump to one, but are you going to start being known as the guy who just hops to whoever talks to me nice? Cause then that, you know, posts different level of problems when you talk about people and higher ups and, you know, the, the adults thinking yep. certain things in certain ways about people. So I just, I just, it's a scary sight, <laughs> you know, I, this is not mm-hmm. something that we're used to seeing, but I hope they figure out and better manage this soon. So I appreciate your insight, something that we'll definitely be going going into the basketball season talking about and I'm sure there are going to be a lot of ACC you know rumblings and switching and all that good stuff so it's a good topic for you know long-term conversation now if you want to keep hearing all of this good stuff I know AJ's got some great takes over there with Locked on Boston College can you remind folks of where they can find you and follow your work yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at AJBlack underscore BC. You can follow my uh, Locked on BC at Locked on BC on Twitter. Um, I'm the editor and publisher of BC Bulletin, part of the Fan Nation and Sports Illustrated Network. I write all about Boston College and I, I dip into ACC stuff and, you know, do some, some conversations about that too. So check out my work. It's at bcbulletin.com. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, you name the social network, I'm on it. So I have a YouTube channel. Um, 
if you like my work, I hope you follow me. And uh, this is fun, Candice. I'm enjoying doing <laughs> Lockdown ACC with you. I appreciate that. And listen, when I when I, when I say I looked at Boston College's information to try and get right for the season and had to read a lot of your stuff so I can make sure Carolina was prepped and loaded, that's that was my go-to space. So he has some good work. I can definitely uh, recommend for anyone who wants to listen. And if you guys want sports news that you can get in under 20 minutes, please download Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. What a great show. Another great opportunity for you to hear about some teams that you don't normally get to talk about or listen to and you're prepped and ready and maybe you get to mark it down and just make your own coastal or Atlantic division list and figure out where you're going to prep and make sure you follow at Locked on ACC so you can keep up with all of the Twitter trends that are going to be popping. We've got some good things stirring up for this football season that I'm excited to share with you guys. Until next time for AJ and Candice. You are Locked On ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.